You found it. The home of red-blooded American patriots. The Patriot Review with Jeff Wagner starts now. Hello, Patriots. Welcome to episode 97 of the Patriot Review already coming up on 100, which I don't know what I'm going to do for that, to mark that yet. But I'll figure something out. So I hope you had a good, a good Thanksgiving, a great Thanksgiving. I hope that you didn't overeat. And if you did, oh well, there's always Christmas to overeat at also. And everybody can make their resolutions in the new year to lose weight once again and all that stuff. So uh, welcome back to the show. I appreciate you being here. There are a lot of things happening at the Patriot Review, a lot of changes, a lot of... Um, a lot of growth, and I'm excited about that. Just yesterday, I was able to order um, a couple cameras, three cameras, to allow me to do documentary shooting and stuff. Um, so that's exciting, and it's growing, and I, I really appreciate your support and, and viewership. Um, you can also go to the Patriot Review at redbloodedpatriots.com and give me a donation or give me some support by... Uh, climbing on board with some of the affiliates that I have. Um, speaking of affiliates, I have Dr. Mark Sherwood, who is with me today, and we're going to get to his interview in just a little while here. But um, he offers a lot of things, a lot of amazing things. He is doing some great work, him and his wife, about really how things affect us and taking care of our health uh, on all levels, so not only the physical health, but the emotional well-being and the spiritual well-being and so on. So uh, it was a very good conversation with him, and I think you're going to enjoy that. And I said that's coming up in a little bit, but uh, full disclosure, he now is, after this interview, um, I should say I now am an affiliate for his product after doing this interview. And uh, you can check that out by going to our website and I'll show you that in a little bit as well, but uh, you can see the affiliates that I do have, and it kind of scrolls right at the home page. You can go through them, and you can help support the show that way. So, so today's show it's all about uh, who's your new doctor. Well, it turns out that you are, and that is becoming a reality more and more because we are finding out more and more about what was really going on with the COVID. Uh, debacle, the pandemic, the jabs, and more and more news is coming out. Uh, if you're like me, you know, you have family who really haven't uh, bought anything that that I've been selling them as far as the jab especially, but COVID in general. So I'm going to share some things about that. And at the same time that they, they won't believe it, um, they don't go out and research it on their own. As well, I'm not speaking about my family per se, but people in general don't go out and research it on their own, and that, of course, is a problem because you know you need there's so much information out there, and you need to go on your own and find this stuff uh, because you will find stories, you know, such as this one, and of course, you know, um, there are so many of these stories. So here we have teen death three weeks after the Pfizer vaccine triggers an investigation. Last week I, I talked about a documentary that is also available on uh, my website, and you can check that out. It's called Died Suddenly. That was uh, Stu Peters actually produced that. Stu is is uh, an awesome. Uh, Stu Peters show is an awesome show, and he does awesome work and. I really highly recommend that you watch it. It's very graphic, however, so do not have children in the room when you do that. So we'll show that again as well, not the whole documentary, but the link. So uh, this is another article, 100,000 plus deaths per week. And this uh, is a, there's a YouTube uh, video that this uh, link is, is uh, this website is, attached to or or that's embedded in this website i should say so this website and the uh, article that i just had up there are available in the show description so i highly recommend you check these out you know and it's becoming more and more evident and people they like to they like to uh the the left the fascist left the globalists like to attack anybody who says anything that contradicts or exposes their plans, and that is what has been happening. And we're called, of course, conspiracy 
nuts and conspiracy theorists and uh, and this and that but the truth of the matter is that there is truth in what we say and we're being vindicated unfortunately i would rather be wrong about this stuff but we're being vindicated because more and more is finally leaking out the basket is overfilled they cannot stop this information from coming out and more and more is coming out and i guarantee you that the population of the world as a whole will be more and more angry and more and more demanding for justice. And that's what needs to happen, uh, not in a violent way, but in using legal means, that's what needs to happen. And um, I think it will when we're seeing this now already. We're seeing more stuff come out uh, about what Fauci knew and didn't know and what he was saying to his friends about masks and their complete ineffectiveness and all kinds of stuff. And, of course, you and I knew that. We knew that. We talked about that on my episode, specifically as a next, you know, safety professional, the degreed safety professional. Yes, there's such a thing. Uh, talked about masks and why anything short of the N95 masks were not going to do a thing. And once again, you know, there's um, there's more and more coming out on it. Uh, you know, then we have articles like this. It's not only about the immediate reaction or the uh, the reaction to the uh, COVID vaccine, you know. Um, the long-term health effects are also becoming more and more evident, and there's more and more of, of these stories that are out there. So uh, buckle up and prepare yourself, because I think we're finally going to be vindicated in this whole thing, and not only this, but in all of the things that we've been talking about here on the Patriot Review, whether it's COVID or it's about the, the voting scandal, which is still a huge problem in Arizona, but a huge problem worldwide. Now, the documentary that I referenced talks about this a little bit, and it's, it says that uh, David Sorensen from StopWorldControl.com says that uh, there's 50 countries now that have been, that have fallen to this this global plan, this uh, plan to enslave us all and, and turn us into you know, these hybrids between uh, human and, uh, and machine, basically. So the vaccine, if you haven't looked at this and you haven't seen shows about this, uh, I've had Karen Kingston on my show before, and she's out there now doing more up-to-date stuff, um, so you can check her out. I can't get her back. I can't get Karen Turk back, and I can't get... Uh, some other folks that just, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm beginning to wonder whether they're in it for themselves or they're in it for the cause because certainly being on a platform and being projected is is not a bad thing and helping each other is a good thing. So I don't understand that, but that's, that's neither here nor there. That's kind of the bad part about doing this. You meet a lot of really good people, but you meet self-serving people as well. So I will say this. Now, I inter introduced, announced a... Uh, a project here, this Declaration of Freedom and Accountability Project. Um, I will announce next week's guest, who I talked to about this a little bit. And, you know, initially I thought about setting this up as more of a petition-based thing, and I think I still may use it that way. But along with that, there has to be a legal avenue uh, for really getting this into the legal system, into the courts. So, um, this whole thought process of having affidavits and and how people are impacted and um, how people have standing to use the legal word which we've all heard uh, to our to our peril um, you know the whole uh, election issues and, and not having standing and, and the lies that went around that in order to steal the presidential election uh, but anyway so using uh, affidavits and to advance this whole thing, uh, that way in a legal way I think is important so I am looking at that and if you have advice about that or if you know somebody that can give me legal advice about that you know I'd appreciate that so you can email me at redbloodedpatriots at protonmail.com and you can email me about anything but if you have some specific information on that that would be awesome I am putting out this document um, soon and you'll be able to see it read it comment on it what have you so before we get into the show today i just want to remind you that my number one sponsor my number one uh, uh, 
Uh, actually, the home that I view for the Patriot Review is that of frankspeech.com. That is Mr. Lindell and MyPillow.com. If you go to MyPillow.com, you get great deals on awesome Christmas gifts. Told you before, I use a lot of his products. They're awesome, and they are worth supporting. So check that out. You can use code TPR, one of the simplest codes, TPR. And that stands for the Patriot Review, obviously. You can check it out. There's all kinds of great deals going on right now to save you money, and you can get some great gifts. Also, if you are in the market for some uh, retirement savings, some solid and reliable uh, ways to invest your money, you can contact Mr. Kirk Elliott at Kirk Elliott with two L's and two T's, KirkElliottPhD.com slash the Patriot Review, and you will see this website. You can go and you can buy gold or silver here, and you can get some financial advice. I am not a financial advisor, but this uh, this guy, this organization does great work. Check it out. You can find them also on my homepage. You can link to them, and there are links within the show description as well. One thing I wanted to mention about um, moving forward is that I've been working on this documentary, and this is still going on, this Breaking the Oath, The Evils of Incentivized Healthcare. This is specifically having to do with the story of Grace Shara, and you've seen Scott on my show a couple times, and there have been other individuals on my show as well. But this deals with the specific story of how the medical protocols around COVID were weaponized and used to murder people, and that's exactly what happened to Grace, unfortunately. It's going to be a powerful documentary and uh, one that you won't want to miss, I promise you. I have kind of an introduction that I that I put together, and this isn't set in stone, but uh, this gives you an idea of what this documentary is going to focus on. After we watched our daughter Grace die on FaceTime, I uh, immediately felt that I needed to go to the hospital, even though I was still pretty sick. And I met Jessica and our pastor there. And um, while we were in the room, we, Jessica and I let us spend a few moments just with Grace alone. And it was, it was just a horrific. Um, sight to come upon was the fact that her daughter Grace was now gone. Um, the emotions that came over the top of our uh, minds and just our physical bodies were just unbelief. We, uh, we took her BiPAP off because it was still on. This was hope and prayers that somehow she wasn't really gone and as soon as we did that the color of grace changed, and um, we had to accept that she was truly gone. Not one person stepped foot in that room. How can you do that? How can you allow an innocent person, a child, she's only 19 years old, die in front of your eyes? You don't do that. If you're human, you don't do that. They knew they weren't going to convince us to put Grace on a ventilator. That means the money was going to dry up. They had to have the money. And when you follow the money trail all the way through, you see that a ventilator is about a $300,000 decision. That they had higher paying patients in the emergency room. Grace was worth more dead than alive. So there you have it. That's the the opening uh, couple minutes of the upcoming documentary, Breaking the Oath: The Evils of Incentivized Healthcare. Uh, lots of lots of motives going on behind the scenes with this um, this whole COVID 
debacle, as I said before. Um, greed, greed is one of the biggest things that is a common thread throughout all of this. It's not just about power, it's about wealth and greed. And unfortunately, there is plenty of that evil, and that's exactly what it is, evil in the world around us. So um, be watching for that. I'll update you, as of course, as to when that's going to be out and how you can see it. We'll be right back after this. Hey, Patriots, you can save up to 66% at MyPillow.com when you use the code TPR. That stands for The Patriot Review. That's TPR, or call 800-519-9927. That's 800-519-9927. I use these products myself. I can tell you they are the best quality bar none. So go ahead, use the code TPR and get up to 66% off right now. Coming to you from the land of common sense and American pride. Not a unicorn or rainbow in sight. Welcome back to the Patriot Review with Jeff Wagner. Welcome back. We're going to go through now just a few things, and then we'll get right to the interview with Dr. Sherwood. So I had mentioned before about um, this global plan, and there's a document that's available for you, uh, this grand jury revealing the agenda of world or for world denom- uh, domination, I can speak. This is available at our website. You can check it out. If you go to redbloodedpatriots.com, which I've got up on the screen now, you can check it out. Here are the affiliates. You can see the uh, Exploit affiliate link there. So you can check that out as it's uh, uh, as it's uh, listed there. They'll scroll through, and you can find it there. The document that I had mentioned, this is a picture, sorry. The document that I had mentioned is available for you. It's going to be on the box there that I'm showing here, and you can find it by going to that. So check that out. You won't regret it. It's it's good stuff, and you will find that at no charge. Free. Can't beat free, folks. You can't beat free. All right, so we have our special guest, uh, Dr. David Sherwood, who uh, was gracious with his time. And the the tendency of my show and other shows, you know, we tend to, to focus a lot on these bad things that are happening, and we have to. We have to focus on them to bring them to light and to, to spread the understanding of what's going on. And um, you, of course, can decide for yourself what you think the truth is. So I'm not going to say that I always have the truth 100% of the time, but I did try to be honest within, you know, what's going on. So it's always a pleasure to have somebody like Dr. Sherwood come on the show because um, they bring with them a huge amount of credibility. And as we're talking earlier about, you know, the whole industry of healthcare and the whole industry of pharmaceuticals, uh, being really in question and being, uh, I don't think people are very comfortable with it anymore with either of those industries. And I think people are, for the most part, you know, really questioning what they had believed previously. That is, people who are informed anyway. There are still plenty of people, and there are still plenty of great people within those fields. I'm not saying that you know everybody within those fields is is evil, but there certainly is evil within them. So you know, it's like any other group. So. Um, 
you know, so the question becomes, uh, how do we take care of ourselves? And what can we do instead of maybe those pharmaceuticals that we're cramming down our throats every day? And perhaps there is another way to do it. And that's what this is all about. So uh, I'm going to show my interview here and you guys can let me know what you think. You can always comment. Uh, you can also email me again, redbloodedpatriots at protonmail.com. And uh, I will try to respond to the best of my ability. I'd like to welcome to the show a very special guest, Dr. Mark Sherwood, who was a gubernatorial candidate in Oklahoma in 2022. And Mark, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure having you here, sir. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me, man. I've been looking forward to this, so I'm I'm honored to be here, man. I tell everybody who's on my show, you know, my show is a little different than what a lot of other shows are. It's a long format interview show, so I don't do the quick seven minute hits, you yeah. know, and I like to really get to know the people that I have on and, you know, at least a half an hour. Sometimes it's a little less if people have busy schedules. But as I say to everybody and everybody who's watching is probably sick of hearing from me. If you're on my show, you've become a friend of mine. Like I've got a lot of projects, a lot of irons in the fire. I like to to spread that networking out. And if there's anything I can ever do, all you have to do is uh, hit me up and and we can talk about whatever you need. So it is my honor. And uh, I know, you know, I want to start this interview off just coming off the midterms and seeing once again, especially in examples like Maricopa County in Arizona and uh, the issue in Georgia, you know, I'm fully 100% convinced that there was once again uh, a rigging of our elections, and a lot of people don't want to believe that. But I know that as a part of your process going through the 2022 gubernatorial race, you had come up with a five-point plan, and this plan is aimed at making sure that our elections are free and fair. So why don't we start with that? How do you, how do you uh, explain what your plan is? Well, you're right. Uh, this is experiential and this is observational. And this is based upon um, years of experience prior to becoming a doctor of naturopathy. I was in law enforcement. So I understand that, you know, and let's face it, Jeff, um, there are election crimes out there and it's, it is a crime. And so I'm with you. I agree with you, and I think most of America would say the same thing, that we haven't fixed these elections at all. It's the same old process. Right. Now, with that said, we cannot, must not defer the correction of the election process to the federal level. That's important because if the feds start controlling the states, that is inverse to what right. the Constitution's purpose is. And so we, again, we would lose the idea of state sovereignty as per our 10th Amendment, right? right? So what I observed is several dysfunctional things within my process. And again, you know, we went into this process of the election, what we believe, my wife and I, just being, answering God's call to say, go, yes, we're going to go run. And that was it, right? Now, having said that, my observation, I formed a little plan that I felt, thought had good common sense attached and good sensibility attached. And I thought to myself, boy, we need more of that in America these days, don't we? <laughs> yes, right? we do. So the first point that I want to make on this, and you know, we can kick this around, but is this. Understanding that the sheriff is the highest ranking law enforcement officer in the county. And the sheriff really has the authority to tell the ATF, FBI, and all of them to get out. That's the way that is. That's yep. the way our Constitution is. The Tenth Amendment clearly states that powers not specifically given to Congress are maintained at the state level with the people, right? So we know that. Right. So the sheriff has ultimate responsibility of protecting the people, serving them, and protecting and honoring the spirit of the Constitution of the United States of America. And the Certainly we understand that. Yep. So based upon that, step number one is to much like the video surveillance that we've all seen on the highways, you know, right. the radar popping yep. up there. Yep. That makes me always tap my brakes, right? Everybody recognizes, oh, they're watching, so therefore I must be more aware, right? right. So I think the sheriffs should be having video surveillance 
of the election places and polling places, and that would not require at all one law change. They would be doing that, just the same premise of giving us this idea that we're videotaped, we're being watched. So that would deter some criminal element. The second part of this is unique. It's still step one, is that the ballots and the process of casting those ballots are an evidentiary process. We are protecting that process from law-breaking activity by making the ballots part of the chain of custody, a chain of evidence. Mm-hmm. And during the counting process, which I believe should be done hand counting, by the way, just FYI, we would not release those from the evidence to be put into the bigger pot to be counted by other counties, right, until they are cleared from that evidentiary hold, right? And so, again, sheriffs can deputize people. Interestingly enough, I've proposed this idea to many people around in my campaign and uh, around the country as I've traveled. And they're like, hey, I would participate. So you wouldn't have any shortage of volunteers. So it wouldn't cost any money. And it's very effective. So that was that's my step one right there. Okay. All right. Step number two is very important because you got to think about this. Um these mail-in ballots, Jeff, are out of, out of hand. I mean, depending on where you go in the United States, I mean, different states have different rules, but to just simply mail out ballots is, is just asking for problems. It, you know, we have to have the idea of mail-in ballots that are narrow and specific for very unique reasons. They have to be requested. You don't just mail them out. You got to right. request them. Right. And there has to be a, a chain uh, of securing these ballots that's sort of very outlined. And we don't grant them until they meet requirements that are very, very narrow in scope. For example, someone serving in the military overseas. OK, you can't just leave. I get that. So they are appropriate from time to time. Or maybe someone sure. that simply cannot get out. Right. They just can't. They are not mobile. They're isolated. They're immobile. Because of medical conditions, I get sure. it. Yep. But we don't need to have the random mail-in ballots. That that is a process that has gotten out of hand. Um, thirdly, and this is very unique, we need to begin to cap in a tiering system the campaign expenditures or campaign donations. Look, we are messed up right now to the very core. Look at the money that was spent on the most recent elections. Astronomical. Oh, and we are a country that is consuming debt and growing debt as fast and faster. And we're losing our ground and we're spending money on elections, especially federal elections, millions and hundreds of millions and billions of dollars for what? For elections that aren't even corrected. No, so for elections that are stolen. Yeah, it's silly. They're mm-hmm. stolen. They're just they're so jacked up right now. It's not even funny. Right. So I'd propose something as simple as this, and this is not, you know, actual numbers, but I'm just using it as an example. Okay. That local level elections, you might cap the total expenditures for that at five thousand dollars. That's it. That's all you get from all sources. And it should be in state money. Because what mm-hmm. does George Soros have to do with Oklahoma? Right. Or Texas. Right. Zero. Why is he yeah, Zucker, why is this happening? And so like a local race, maybe $5,000 you give to state races, maybe, you know, $50,000 you get to national race races, maybe more. But that would sort of level a playing field, bring a sense of um, ability for a statesman or a statesperson to actually get involved and would bring more states involvement and people involvement for local and state elections. And you wouldn't have this outside interference because frankly, right now it's, it's inappropriate. It doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense because you're still having elitist control people at the ground level. And that's not right. okay. No, it's not um, okay. And I like that plan. I want to kick it around a little bit though. So, yep. so I think um, the verification, the ID and signature verification is an absolute must have. I, yes. I was an observer during the midterms. I saw that, you know, those things were, I would say loosely followed, very loosely followed. Um, every time there was an issue with a ballot, the uh, chief, the uh, chief inspector, our chief in, uh, uh, voting inspector said, "Oh, I'm going to take this to the board of you know review and whatever." So the board of review in 
Green Bay, Wisconsin, was two people who were feeding the machines. So she'd go over to them and she'd say, oh, look at this. So you hear a lot about the numbers having either an R or a D. And yeah. There was never any, there was never any uh, point in which an observer could actually see that. So you had to take everybody's word for it. And then it was just like, oh, well, you know, uh, we've decided we're going to accept this one. And I sat there wondering myself why, because it doesn't have an R in the number or or right. what, right? So there was that. And then there was uh, a person who I can't say for sure, but I think fed a group of ballots twice through the machine. Uh, so, yeah, so that whole thing, you know, it, it it's ongoing and it's continuous. And we know that. And here's my biggest disappointment out of all of it is law enforcement. My biggest disappointment totally. is seeing the sheriff vehicle, the sheriff's vehicle for Maricopa County outside of the, uh, I can't remember the name of the warehouse now, but basically, you know, these uh, ballots were brought in in a box truck to a, a non-approved election or site, accounting site, and unloaded counted with no observers whatsoever. And there sits the sheriff's vehicle. So I actually called the sheriff's department. I left a, a voicemail, very respectful, but saying, how do you how do you people justify even saying ever that you want people to support law enforcement? How do you how do you support law enforcement when you don't support us? Right. And so that's my biggest disappointment. And I've said the same thing that you started that off with that the sheriff is the the top law uh enforcement person in that county. And I tell you what I would do if I was sheriff is during the BLM Antifa riots, I would arrest the mayor. <laughs> I would take totally. the mayor out in handcap, handcuffs for endangering the public and breaking their oath. And so that to me, you know, what I do, I look around, I see this corruption and I think, man, the whole system, you know, is really failing, as you said, right? The people yes. that are down on the street level and you know, we we go and we see Mitch McConnell is you know once again the leader, and it's just like oh my God, we're we're we are we're seeing the status quo in its death throes, and yep. they are not going peacefully. And uh, so I like I like your plan, but uh, what is your what are your thoughts about how to get that plan to actually be taken seriously and to be put into place? I think it's going to start with one sheriff, Jeff. One. Uh, one sheriff that actually knows the law and one sheriff that actually respects the Constitution is not a politician, but it's a sheriff. And to your point, um, interestingly enough, in law enforcement, um, and this is this really happened. I wasn't planning on telling this story, but I will because I think it's very appropriate and very telling to prove the point that you just said. I'm disappointed. When I was in the campaign, we actually brought into Oklahoma uh, sheriff Richard Mack, who's the head of the Constitutional Sheriff's Peace yep, Association, very good friend of mine, very good guy. Mm -hmm. And we brought in uh, attorney, constitutional attorney Chris Hanhall, and we I paid for it. I brought it in there to the state of Oklahoma so that the sheriffs in Oklahoma, there are 77 counties here where I am now in Oklahoma. We put the class on, gave them plenty of lead time, uh, gave them an opportunity, wasn't going to charge them anything at all. I think three out of 77 sheriffs showed up. Three. And three of them showed up. We got a response from a few others like, I don't want to be involved in any political thing. I'm thinking political? No, this is people. Yeah. Right? I didn't want anything from this. I just knew that we needed it as a state and needed it as a nation. But I think there's apathy there. I think that because they're elected officials, they fear not being elected again. And I think mm -hmm. that fear overtakes the idea of responsibility. When you swear to protect that constitution with your life, you need to do that. Right. And so this goes back to the idea of servanthood, uh, meaning are they there to serve the people or are they there to be served? And today, a lot of the politicians are there to be served. Absolutely. And when you take that premise, you actually go to the I deserve, and that's where they are right now. And you you mentioned it, some of the names you mentioned. My God, what are they doing for mankind? Other than just sitting there sucking the wind out of the life of the people of America and taking right. tax money. Right. Irresponsible, poor leadership, lack of servanthood, and we've got to get that back. And I think it's going to take one county, one sheriff 
to do that. And he's going to give confidence. He or she would give confidence to somebody else. That would be two. And then two will multiply to four. And it starts with this courageous leader. And in every generation, every generation, there's one guy or two guys or two girls that says, man, I'm going to do this. And they start a movement. And I think that would be the key. Well, you know, I hope that sheriff is watching now and decides that they've had enough. And I guess what blows my mind is, you know, there there are so many that just expect the support without doing the job. And that goes to your servanthood. And and you look at, uh, you know, what blows my mind is when I'm sitting and I'm watching a congressional hearing and I see the senators or the House members of congressmen and women talking down and being condescending to the people that, that are coming in there. If that were me, I would probably get in a lot of trouble because I would say, no, no, <laughs> you serve me. I don't care what your title is. Right. Yes, sir. And, uh, and they probably wouldn't like that. And I'd probably, you know, end up like, uh, like Mike Lindell and have the FBI head me off in a fast food line, you know, or whatever. But, um, so yeah, it's very frustrating, and and I think that your yeah. plan is a good plan. I hope that there are sheriffs out there that are starting to see that it's you you don't have you have no choice in getting involved in politics because it it is the law, and you yeah. you know how do you avoid that? So you don't avoid that. It's like I remember the day back in 1989 when I stood in front of an auditorium and put my hand up and swore to protect the the statutes of the city of Tulsa and the laws of the state of Oklahoma and the Constitution of the United States with my life if need be. I remember that. I remember those words that came out of my mouth and the 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 awestruck feeling I had. And I realized that this cause is bigger than I am. It's not about right. me, man. It's about right. the line that represents chaos. That people are willing to stand in that line, stand in that gap, and literally in the defense of the people. And we don't have people doing that right now. Right. It's all about self. It's about self-entitlement. I deserve. And, yeah. and Jeff, that's the biggest problem we have right now. And I'm I'm hoping somebody's listening that will get the message and you know go to your sheriff. And if they're not willing to do that, vote somebody else in because it's easier to win a county election. Then it is a state election, just FYI, you know, Mm -hmm. and there are people out there that want to serve, find them, find them, vote for them. And it's easier to get an elected official done at those local things because there's less cheating potential because it's less notoriety. Mm -hmm. Right. So Mm -hmm. you could actually do this. And, you know, look, are we going to stop all cheating? No, you can't stop people from being criminals. But could you cut it down and give people more confidence once again? Yes, I've got no confidence in it. The thing that really bothers me, Mark, is that the fat the left is actually the extreme left is fascist. Yes. Everybody always says, uh, you know, it's it's the far right that's fascist. But you look at the National Social Party of Germany, for example, and what they were about was total government control, total party control. And if yep. if you talk about the far right, you are talking about absolutely zero government. You're talking about anarchists. You're not talking fascists. So we yep. have the we have the fascist left, and they are blatantly, I don't give a crap what you think in your face. This is what we're doing, and you're not going to stop us, and we don't care. And right. uh, and too many people are still saying, my life is too busy. Um, you know, I, I can't get involved. I don't want to, people to pay attention to me. I don't want to be called names. And so you're right. I think, you know, that all goes along with, I don't know, there's this... Uh, this is the result, I think, of what we're seeing with the far left taking over the education system. And yes. we're we're now reaping what has been uh, sown. And uh, I think that's that's the other thing I want to get into with you is so we so we have this um, we have this now we're turning into this third uh, world country and we have yeah. this the politicians being, you know, controlled and and. Uh, and basically being puppets for these new world order people or whatever you want to call them. But so how is that affecting our society? We look around and we see, you know, the traditional families in the toilet when we, everybody is so narcissistic and it's all about, you know, me. And uh, uh, so I know that you have had a couple other issues that have you talked that you have talked about. And uh, so what do you think? What do you think we're seeing as kind of, like I said, the result of the, the education system and the 
the turn to self-interest, how is that affecting our society? Well, education now is um, is driven and controlled by the feds who are giving them grant money. And it's not grant money. It's actually bribe money to get them to mm-hmm. do what they want to do. And the education system is no more education. It's actually indoctrination. It's allowing the, the children to guide the home. Instead of the parents guiding the children, parents guiding education, training up a child in the way they should go. No, no. It's the children being trained and how to train and guide their parents. Well, that's not going to work. And that's what you got. And so there's been a lot of seeds planted about children in the area of um, like, you know, you or me, we are inherently racist because of a skin color or you or me, we're inherently victims because of a skin color. Right. How stupid and how insensitive it is for that child's ability to reason and think for themselves. So we're actually taking their thinking away and their rational reasoning away. We also are giving kids right now the idea that you can choose your sex. And and that's, you know, God didn't make a mistake. You know, being a clinician, I can tell you that you can think that you're a boy when you're a girl all day long or think that you're a girl when you're a boy all day long. It's still not going to change your DNA. It's not going to happen. We can go ahead and do hormone therapy or um, mutilation of genitalia, breast tissue, et cetera. It's still not going to change DNA. All it's going to do is warp those children for life. When it was, when it was called, when it was, when there was truth in the world, it was called gender dysphoria. And there was actually, there was actually a treatment of that uh, disorder. So now we're seeing the suicide rates soar. We're going to see that increase because there's more and more people who are making this conversion, right? And, um, you know, I just had posted an article, uh, I think two weeks ago about a 15 year old girl who went ahead and had the double mastectomy and just regrets it and is now, is now paying for it all because, you know, what they realized, I think, and it's just my opinion is that when you make something mainstream, it's cool. When you make something that's flies in the face of what your parents believe and what your parents have taught you. It's it's cool and a key on that natural rebellion, but mm-hmm. but to be uh, but a positive out of all of it is that every generation wants to be rebellious. So now what you're seeing is a younger the younger group of kids, the younger kids are turning back to Christianity and they're turning back to more conservative viewpoints because they can see through this crap. And so that's yeah. at least that's a plus. But um, to your point, we have we have uh, you know our whole societal fabric that really makes America America being attacked and being being torn up. And uh, I think when you said that you know they've put some some uh, crumbs out there, uh, what came to my mind right away was Al Gore going around to the schools oh. talking about your parents. You know they don't know what they're talking about. They don't know about true. Uh, climate change and all this right. crap, right? And they've done that, haven't they? They've kind of put these feelers out there to see what our reaction is going to be, to include the masks for COVID, I think. Yeah, it's called seeds. Um, a young mind um, is fertile. It's like a garden that's been tilled up. You know, it can receive seeds. And uh, those seeds have been planted, and those seeds are going to yield a crop. You can sow evil. You can sow good. You can sow truth. You can sow lies. Um you know, the good side about it is, like you mentioned, is hopefully people are seeing both sides of the coin right now. And that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a nature of children to rebel. Uh, there's a positive side of that, too. They are right. questioning authority. Right. Now, the good thing about that is authority that's true to form in the heart uh, will step up and give them the, you know, give them the gutsy no response. And then that's good. Um, so it's good that they question so they can grow through that so they can learn about notes, right. learn about improper areas and learn about these things called boundaries. But today we're taught that we can't have boundaries, that their boundaries are discriminatory or boundaries are wrong or boundaries are cruel or boundaries are abuse. Mm-hmm. And when there is no boundaries in a child's life, they live a boundless life. And that boundless life is leading to um, ill decisions that are not based and grounded in their ability to make adult decisions. Uh, so we're really impairing children today. We are destroying the family. We have removed God out of the equation from uh, from government and government discussions, from politicians. We removed him out of schools, 
Uh, we've even removed them out of church sometimes, just being honest. Yep. Yeah. And absolutely. the problem with that is in all those areas, um, Samuel Adams said something, very good quote, and I'm going to heavily paraphrase it in today's English, that tyranny can only prevail when you have a nation that is ignorant and lacks virtue. Spot on. Wow. Does he not nail it right there? And we're getting a nation of ignorance and lack of virtue. And they're telling us, Jeff, that we're not allowed to think. We're not allowed to question. And the beauty of America has always been the ability to question, the ability to have differences, the ability to sit down at the table with someone that, man, that didn't agree with you at all. But we were Americans and we right. figured it out. And the beauty of that compromise, the beauty of ability to, to, to sort of make things work when there are differences, that's America. We've right. got to get that back again. Well, I think to, uh, to your point and to like uh, Lindell, again, I'll use him as um, he, you know, he says that this is all a blessing and that if, if we wouldn't have gone through these past few years and had the, the phase of discovery, so to speak, yeah. we would have been done and it would have been over with. So now, on the optimistic side, I think you're right. I think we people have uh, have they're awake. They're not woke. They've awoken, not woke, yep. and um, they they don't buy it. And they're taking their schools back, and they're taking their kids back, and they're they're looking at the elections more seriously. And so uh, I think you know economically we've got a hard time ahead of us for the next uh, probably six years because of the way things are, uh, you know. But um, but I think I think uh, when we say we look at everything in total, we still are the majority, and I think we forget that because, you know, the media controls the narrative so much. But uh, what uh, what things do you see that make you optimistic? Well, I, I see the opportunity to be on your show. That's optimistic because we didn't have things like this before. We didn't have people stepping up before. Um, I look at it like in my current line of work my wife who's an osteopathic doctor we're able to reach out and have visual conversations to help people all around the world we didn't have that before um people today are looking for true hope and true health and true truth like they've never had before um negative things happen but it's been an opportunity for us to see um and wake people up as you mentioned mm -hmm. so i i and and in a strong sense, I am grateful for the uh, pandemic and all that was around that, all the lies, mm -hmm. because now you have an opportunity to, well, let's call it wake up the patriots. And right. they have. Right. And we're seeing that shift and it's growing so rapidly now. And I'm happy to be a part of that. And I, we, my wife and I were fighting against the, uh, you know, big medicine, big pharma for 10 years before. And we have been. But I'm seeing more people now than ever before, and it makes me happy. And I know we're going through some hard times, and I agree with you. Um, but hard times um, really make courageous people. Yes. And so we're going to figure it out. Man, that's been the beauty of America. The spirit and heart of America has been the ability to overcome and adapt and overcome and adapt and do it again right. and again and again and get stronger. And finally, the last part of my answer is this, you know, um, and it's a physical example to a bigger truth. You know, I like to exercise because I think it's good. I think we need to honor the temple. Right. And and I will lift weights and I have muscles. But the only way we can get strength in those muscles is to face greater resistance. So greater resistance then becomes the fuel towards strength. And I do right. see that happen. So I'm really happy about that. And um, a lot of people like yourself have stepped up. And um, that's why I commend you for this. And we get to be, we get to be part of the solution. Well, that's a, that's a great analogy with the, uh, the workout and the resistance. And I, you know, I, it makes me think that the greatest, the greatest generation wouldn't have existed, but not for the challenge of fascism and, and everything else. So yeah. What I what I fear, and I don't want to go back to the negative, but just at a sense of reality is that the greatest generation also had a foundation that's lacking today. And we need to find that and we need to go back to that. And I hope that the people watching 
uh, understand that and, and, you know, we'll do that and entertain that at the very least. But um, so, so for me, you know, I mean, there's, I went to, I went to a conference in Missouri, the moment of truth uh, conference and sitting around a table and all of us were talking about how we're now content creators and what were we doing before? And everyone, and this was 1,200 people, you know, and every one of the content um, providers said the same thing. I mean, we weren't professional con- content providers. My story is in 2019, uh, December, I was diagnosed with a uh, lifelong chronic disability, and I got out of corporate America, and now this is what I'm doing because it's what I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm. So in in that sense, I feel that that was a blessing, and there are so many of us out there that find ourselves in these situations and realize that we're exactly where we're supposed to be doing what we're supposed to be doing, you know, and I hope that uh, more Americans uh, like yourself pick up the ball and decide to participate in, in, uh, in preserving what really is a worthwhile legacy, which is the freedom of all of those folks that come after us. And um, not just in America, globally. I mean, if, if the United States is gone, then it's pretty much over, I think, but. um, Yeah. I agree with you too. The idea of, um, you know, look, we, we let it drift. We let it happen because of apathy, maybe unawareness, maybe um, our I'm happy and blissful life. I wasn't paying attention. Right. Nonetheless, yeah, we we're all, here. We all were right there. Now. We all did that. We did. And I, I'm guilty as anybody. But uh, nonetheless, we can repent and mean we can turn away from a negative direction and get back on the right path in an instant. And I think there's a lot of people that are moving that direction. I think the idea of God and who he is, is, is becoming more to the forefront. And yeah, we let that shift too. We let it just drift out of our lives. But the only way it can rise up again is if we continue to have the discussions like this one-on-one and people listening right now, you, you need to share this with people and, you never know the influence you might have by sharing this particular broadcast right now with somebody. Well, exactly. So, so my field was, uh, was occupational safety. I did safety and environmental compliance. And I came up with this saying for my own good at the time, but I share this with other people and that is remember the ripple, always remember the ripple. What, you know, what you, what you do doesn't necessarily produce fruit right in front of your eyes. You have to know yeah. that there's a ripple that effect that you put into motion and you have to remember the ripple. And when you do, that keeps you going. So yeah, I think, you know, the point you made, um, there is evil in the world. We need to find God again. I agree with that hundred um, percent. I really, I really like, you know, you have obviously thought about this in so many different ways and different angles. So I'm really glad to have met you and have you on. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I welcome you back anytime for the last minute or so. I, I want you to just kind of say whatever message you have, whatever message you want to say, what your contact information is, you know, tell people uh, where they can learn more about you. Well, we can be found at uh, Sherwood.tv, uh, super easy website. It's kind of a hub central for our television show called Furthermore, where we educate people physically, emotionally, spiritually, financially and governmentally. We have a large clinic that can help people uh, maintain and attain their best, most optimum health. We have three best-selling books, uh, Quest for Wellness, Fork Your Diet, and Surviving the Garden of Eaton. <laughs> we also have a movie production company. We've made uh, several feature films. Um, we have a movie called Fork Your Diet, the movie. We have one called The Prayer List, and we have one called WWJR that we filmed last year, which is coming out any day, and then we have Another one we just completed called Heaven's Date. Awesome. Um, but people people can reach out to us. But the message I would have today to the people is, um, you know, we're here to help you. Uh, you can contact us if you want. That'd be a blessing. But most importantly, remember this, that um, we are not without hope as long as we have breath. As long as we have breath, and as long as we can speak, we can share hope with somebody else. I have a wristband I wear right here that people can see, but it says these words, hope dealer. And so that it's not illegal to deal hope. It's illegal to deal dope. But I want to become a hope dealer, and I hope people will do the same thing. And uh, I very much enjoyed our time and would love to come back anytime you'll have me. Oh, absolutely. I'd like to get one of those bands off to hit your site. 
Um, I will get you one. Yes, sir. Awesome. Awesome. So, you know, one last thing, and that is, folks, remember uh, when you pray, pray for your enemies as well. It's not just yes, about, sir. It's not just about uh, supporting the people who think like you do. And so I appreciate your time yeah. again. Um, I look forward to having you back. And I, I will uh, certainly keep you in the loop as far as what's going on uh, on my end as well. So if there's anything I can ever do, Perfect. that would be awesome. Well, man, God bless you. Uh, I'll give you a contact number in the email so you can reach out and let's uh, stay in touch, man. Thank you. All righty. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. So not only did he give me a band already, but he was kind enough to give me books. And I can't say uh, enough about him as a person. Obviously, you saw the uh, the the exchange there being very natural. And you might be saying, okay, Jeff, the title of the show is Your New Doctor is You. What does it have to do with the interview where you talked about politics? Well, here's the thing. If you go to uh, the sherwood.tv website you'll see the medical side of things there's all kinds of information for you there the other website that i have is the uh, fundamental um, medical institute that's what that link is where you saw with his name so he's really got two sites going but the the sherwood tv sherwood.tv if you want to go to that you can learn more about him and this is why the show is titled the way it is because we all have choices we vote with our money and here's a guy now you know the story behind who he is you know what he thinks you know what he feels and certainly those of you that watch my show and have some of the same opinions that i do obviously you'd rather support a gentleman like this than say amazon uh or maybe the pharmaceutical companies so absolutely um i enjoyed having him on and i can't recommend uh him enough go check out the site again sherwood.tv and uh, you might have noticed before I really started that interview, I hit another button by accident and it started to show the video that I'm going to end the show with. And that is video of John Carpenter's film, just a small sliver of John Carpenter's 1988 film called They Live. And it really goes to <laughs> it's a great illustration in, of how we are so controlled by the media and the narrative and the lies and uh, those things that we 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 are force fed, and um, it's probably the best and most blatant example in a good way of of that actually being uh, true in existence. The subliminal side of things. So I'm going to end the show by showing that next week we have Mr. Jovan Pulitzer on. And that, uh, I'm looking forward to that. You will see that again next Sunday at 4, so come back for that. Uh, I will see you then. Thank you, as always. And as I said in that interview, remember the ripple. Everything we're doing is having an effect and impact. And uh, go with God's blessings. We'll see you next week.
What's your problem? I said, what's your problem? How are you today, sir? Okay, how's it going? Fine, thank you. Thank you, sir.